Tonight's episode of Bang the Book, brought to you by the Myrtle Beach Chamber of Commerce. Pandemic got you down? Your wife hates you? Your kids just won't listen? Come on down to the Grand Strand. Come for the golf. Leave in the poorhouse. Coming at you live from JGI Studios, this is Bang the Book. Redneck Riviera. This is the professor joined by our guest co-host Psycho Senny on this icy Thursday evening. Senny, how are we? Woohoo! What's up, the professor? How you doing tonight? Thanks for having me, man. Very ex- well. very excited to be here tonight with you. Big fan of the podcast. Listen every week when I'm walking my dog. I look forward to you publishing it. And I'm just excited to be here. You guys have been doing a great job for the past month with this. And I'll, I'm just I'm just ready to talk some sports with you. I don't know how how to contribute to uh, people improving their gambling ability, but I'm going to give my best shot tonight. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to be here with you. We, we, we try to cover a somewhat wide variety of topics, betting being one of those, but uh, we do appreciate your expertise, and of course, your expertise being a baseball guy is Major League Baseball. So, speaking of spring training, uh, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday or or Tuesday, I believe. Uh, back in my younger days, I used to make the pilgrimage every March to sunny Florida for some spring training baseball. We actually made a cocktail back in the year 2010 called a spring training. It was myself and Billy Tomlinson and young Kasherba, young Alex Kasherba. And this cocktail that we made, it was comprised of orange vodka, preferably, preferably Burnett's, a little bit of cranberry juice, some orange Gatorade, and top it off with some Red Bull. Man, that sounds delicious, actually. So good. So I've, good. Pumped down so many of these, those. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I've tried a few of those over the years. Uh, I think down in the Europa Bat Cave, there was a few being served down there. Maybe there, there was actually occasions where I would bring in my own orange orange Gatorade to make those for the patrons. Do you, I mean, Billy Tomlinson has been drinking orange Gatorade since I was in fourth grade with him. It's it's freaking amazing. It's freaking he loves amazing. it. It's the only thing that's kept him alive. That and, and uh, here's Balls. a here's a great story for you. Speaking of like, he loves orange stuff. So big orange soda fan. Um, Beach Week. I guess it was, I don't know, I went to a couple of beach weeks in, in high school and then like after high school, but I think it must have been our senior year beach week. Um, all the guy drank all week was vodka, like I guess it was like orange flavored vodka mixed with orange soda. And because he didn't brush his teeth all week, his, his, all of his teeth were just orange by the end of the week from the, like the, the orange soda. So it was, it was pretty impressive. He, he likes his uh, orange drinks, I guess. loves it loves it so now bill's actually living in florida now which is which is even more amazing and pretty fitting considering the life trajectory that he is you need to get down there for some spring training really and stay with him i need to i need to maybe well we'll see yeah we'll see now look dodgers coming in with a historically high over under the highest since the 1999 yankees over under coming in at 104 and that's crazy for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That being said, 
Senny, are you going over or under 104 and a half for the Los Angeles Dodgers? I mean, I can't lie. Like, I'm a big baseball guy, but I, I don't look at stats like this normally, like over under wins and stuff like that. I'm assuming 104.5 is pretty high to, for a team to come into the season with that as the over under. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, and I'm not a National League baseball guy, so, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt on anything National League. First of all, it's a fucking awful league. Who wants to watch this shit? It's boring as hell. Why did they not adopt the DH after the uh, – well, they and, and they used it during the COVID-shortened season, you know? So I, I'm not sure yes. why they yes. wouldn't have carried that over. I'm sure – I can't imagine people want like, – I know, I know they say it's part of the game. It's baseball, pitchers hit. No one wants to see a pitcher go up there and swing at three fastballs and have no chance of hitting, right? Um, that yeah. said, I like teams like the Dodgers because they remind me of like an American League team, you know, that the way, the way they're yes. built. Um, yes. And, you know, you make a good point that this is, what is this, the highest win total coming into the season. It's the highest win total projected since the, the 1999 Yankees, right? What a, what a great team yes. that was. Um, I, I'm leaning towards saying over the reason, the only reason, you know, I mean, there's so many games in baseball, obviously. And, and the Dodgers have kind of replenished themselves, even this off season who they, they just signed. Um, is it, was it Trevor Bauer? I think they signed Bauer. Bauer yes. They're pitching. Yeah. I would have loved to have him on the Yankees, obviously. Um, and I know he was kind of like, he was sending some, you know, hidden messages out there on Twitter about being on the Yankees. You know, the Yankees, as much as people want to say that they want to throw around money, they actually are a little tight nowadays, which is, you know, shocking in a way. But I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to go with under only because I think the Padres are going to cut into their win total a little bit. The Padres are stacked. You know what I mean? And I, they are for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, I sure. Think and again, like I only know so much about the National League. But um, the way, you know, I think the Padres, they're going to be even better than last year. Obviously, um, they're a young team. They just handed out that ridiculous contract to Tatis. Um, um, I, yeah, so I'm going to go under on this one because I think, you know, 104.5 wins is a lot. You know, Dodgers are coming off a World Series. Even though they got, you know, a great pitching staff, they added Bauer. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to have that same hunger coming off a World Series victory. So I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to go with the under. Under 104.5. I was just doing some some basic uh, math here. In order to go over, that would be 105 wins. They would need to play 648. That's good. That's good. Which is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing run over the well, course I mean, of a season to play. Most wins ball. in a season is like what 109 or something like that, or maybe in the yeah. modern era. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it was it was the uh, Mar Mar Mariners years ago. I think. But uh, yeah. that sounds right. That sounds right. So the Yankees, your beloved New York Yankees, have a high number as well. The second highest number. They're coming in at 97 wins. Are you going over or under for the and, and just to finish, just to put a uh, kind of like pin in what we were just talking about. It was 116 sure. victories in 2001 by the Seattle Mariners. That was I want to say that was like each year. It was rookie year, maybe. I mean, they were just – they were unbelievable that year, the Mariners. Uh, in 01, so they had Randy Johnson. They uh, had, maybe was Edgar still there, maybe, kind of finishing Edgar. up his career maybe. I know, I know. like I said, Ichiro won Rookie of the Year and MVP the same year. Um, they were unbelievable. They were – yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Insane. But, pretty um, yeah, to get to your question, um, 
97. You know, I'm a big Yankee fan, obviously, and this team is stacked as well. They're not as stacked as the Dodgers. And the one thing that separates the Yankees from the Dodgers is their pitching, right? I mean, the Yankees' offense right. is absurd. You look up and down the lineup. When the Yankees are healthy, they, you, you, there's no hole in the lineup. There, there's literally I know I'm, I know I'm a homer, but you, you talked to me you know, a few years back when the Yankees didn't have this type of lineup. I would have told you they sucked, right? I'm very realistic about how good the Yankees can be. Uh, their offense is great. If they're healthy, if Judge and Stanton and all these, like, you know, Hicks and all these guys who get injured all the time stay healthy, yeah, they could probably win 97 games. The thing that's going to hold the Yankees back, besides the injuries, is the pitching, right? They've got Cole, they've got Cole right. at the top of the order, which you, you can't get a better pitcher probably in the American League right now, right? I mean, they paid for him and they got him. But then they've got a lot of unknowns behind him. They signed Corey Kluber, who... I mean, if you're not a baseball fan, this guy is, was a stud only a few years back, but he's coming off some injuries. You know, they've got Severino coming off, I think, Tommy John surgery. He, he, you know, I mean, yes. so, you know, if he comes back, uh, you know, no, no more Masahiro Tanaka anymore. I'm a huge Masahiro fan, you know? I love that the man, tank. Masa. If you could see me now, I'm doing my, like, my Asian bow type thing. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> – I'm going to actually go – under 97, I'm going to say they're going to win the division, but there's going to be three teams that win 90 games in this division this year. I know, right? Or possibly. I mean, I don't want to put like a, a stamp on that by any means, but you're looking at, you're looking at the Yankees, obviously. You're looking at um, the Rays, who, were, who, who was the best team in the division last year. Now, they're coming back down to earth a little bit because they lost some pitching. Um, and I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Um, but then you've also got the Blue Jays, who have an insanely young, talented squad with, with, with you know, yes. Guerrero, with um, Bachet, with Biggio. And then they add George Springer from the hated Astros. Got to hate that guy. But is that, that guy's a gamer. You know, that guy's a stud. So he's a ball player. He is a ball player. I see, sure. I see this ending up um, – if the Yankees stay healthy, they win the division – followed by the Blue Jays, then the Rays. Now, I know what you're thinking, Jeff. You're like, he hasn't said anything about the Orioles yet, right? And I intentionally am not saying anything about the Red Sox because they're going to be garbage this year. Um, um, The Orioles, I mean, you know a lot more about them than me, but they were scrappy last year, and they were fun to watch from time to time. I mean, they have a lot of young talent, too. I mean, maybe you can enlighten the audience on that a little bit. So the Orioles last year for – several months of the season were the most profitable team to bet on just because they were coming into every game, the money line, they were plus 160, plus 180, plus 200. And you hit a couple of those and you know, you're going to be profitable. So they, they were a scrappy team. I rode the under, or excuse me, I rode the over, the over under was insane. It was 20 and a half games for the Orioles last year. Of course they hit that. I think they won 24, 25 games. But they were a scrappy team. They kind of came back to earth after the first six weeks or so of the season. But they they overachieved last year, which is you know all we can expect from from the Orioles. And I and I'm and I'm concerned in that you say that there's going to be three 90 win teams in the AL East because that means all three of those teams are going to have their <laughs> way and win. 16 or 17 out of 19 games against you know, Baltimore. This I, you know, I, like I said, I can't guarantee that. 
But that's how I think that's how strong the AL East is. That's the kind of point I'm trying to get across, you know. Um, and you know, you know, maybe maybe that doesn't um, maybe that doesn't come to fruition because the Orioles are going to be pretty good this year. Like, um, I mean, do you remember remember that? We, I mean, we were texting during the COVID shortened season this past summer. I think I can't remember if they came into New York or if the Yankees visited Baltimore, but they were like two games behind the Yanks. You remember that? Like late into the season and the Yankees and the Yankees swept them. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of ended yes. it all right there. Um, but I mean, they were right there. So, I mean, you know, they're a young team. I, mean, I think they have a lot to prove. So I, I expect good things. I, I expect them to finish above the Red Sox. I'll say that. Um, yeah. Wow. That would be, that would be a huge <laughs> win for Baltimore this year. If they can yeah. finish there you go. place. There you go. So. So we are four weeks away today from the start of the wow. NCAA wow. basketball tournament. A tournament, of course, that we did not get a chance to watch last year. A magical time, really, for all sports fans in general and especially for basketball fans. Now, Senny, there's been some great March Madness moments. Uh, what is your favorite March Madness moment? I mean, this is this is probably an, an obvious one. And let me, let me first give a shout-out to uh, – and I know you're happy about this as well. Um, last night, big win for the Rams um, against, the, against Richmond win. at home, obviously, at the Seagull Center. Um, Full disclosure, I actually rode the Richmond Spiders oh. last night. So I was, I was happy either way. But I had I had Richmond um, money line. It was plus one twenty or something like that. Have you? But I have I you been following them, in. like watching the games? Because have you been? I have. Yeah, I've been watching most of the games. I haven't really been that impressed. Outside of Highland, they don't seem to have a score. That's but what I'm saying. Like, I mean, obviously Highland Bones is getting all the press. You know, he looks great out there. The guy's a sophomore. He's balling like a senior. It seems like at times. I don't love his. Ad- he sometimes he mopes a little bit on the court for me, but I do like his game. Um, but they've been, they've been playing well. And I mean, I was really sick to my stomach earlier in the season. They had a game where they were winning by like double figures going into halftime and ended up, they scored like 14 points in the second half. And I was like, Oh, this team is, this team's terrible. And I was like, this team's terrible, but now they're in first place. They only have four losses. Uh, they beat Richmond last night, which Richmond's a good team. I mean, I, I know they've had a lot of COVID issues. They hadn't played since like late January, but you know, that's no excuse. Everyone's having to deal with that this year. Um, and I'm just happy that I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked that the college basketball season has even made it this far, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a nice surprise and, and, and the games have been great. It's some, some teams obviously have fans in the arenas and some don't, but that's yeah. kind of irrelevant at this point. Just having basketball has been, has been great. Has been I mean, blessing. so you ask, you know, what's my favorite moment? I think that's an easy one. Most people that are listening to this right right now know that I'm a big VCU Ram fan, just like yourself. Um, we are we're Absolutely. coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the Final Four run. If you can believe that, I mean, what were you, what were you people doing 10 years ago? I mean, I mean, I you know, I was right. a I was exactly. I mean, I was 28 years old. I mean, my whole life was ahead of me. I just started teaching. I mean, I was still living with Neil. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just a different time. It was a different time. Uh, yeah. So, Amazing. but I mean, you know, you can think back to this time and I think back and I can, what I love about VCU's run was, you know, how exciting of it, how exciting it was, how great it was for Richmond. And it's one of those things where like, you know, they say like, you remember where you were, where it happened. And it's usually like one, uh, one event, you know, Oh, oh I, yeah. know, I know where I was when the, you know, the twin towers collapsed and stuff like that. 
you know, I can tell you exactly where I was for almost every VCU win along the way. You know, USC game, I went up to uh, City Dogs with with Neil and Tim. You know, take uh, they used to have that. They might still, City Dogs even open? I have no idea. Um, no idea. I you know, taking no idea, a beer man. and a shot. They used to have that that special up there. Seven dollars, and $7. it was like I'd get like uh, Star Hill Northern Lights. Uh, you know, throwback. I don't even know what I would. I don't even remember what I was drinking liquor wise. Um, and then Georgetown game, you know, so USC, of course, was the first four. No one, no one gave anyone, no one gave VC yes. a chance. Um, and they, they, I, I want to say they led most of that game. It was a pretty boring game, but they ended up winning at the end, obviously. Um, Georgetown game, I was at Ian Anderson's house. I don't know why, but it blowout city, you know, once, once you saw VCU blow out Georgetown, I started taking back everything I ever said about Joey Rodriguez. I mean, I used to I used to hate that man, and then I mean he was amazing down the run d- during the run, and then oh, Joey it, had one good month, and for, for dude, for that, I mean, and, and that's legend. you can say that about Shaka too, and you know I mean Shaka fans were calling for Shaka Smart to be fired that year. They wanted him fired after February. If you remember February, the famous story is he took the uh, calendar from February and buried it because I think VCU lost like three or four games in February. You know, no one thought they were going to make the tournament. And, you know, the rest is history, obviously. Um, but, you know, then they played yes. Purdue. I watched that on Sims Avenue, the, 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 one, the house where, you know, the house Neil owns. Bunch of crunchy hippies hanging out watching that one. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I who has time. it? Right? Um, and then right. next game, obviously, Sweet 16 with Florida State. I can remember. I mean, I might have been with you at some of these things. Um, that's – so Florida, Florida State game, I was oh nice. That cave, I was at Blackfin, but I do recall that. And then I think we ended up watching the Butler yes, game definitely yes. at Republic. And I was at I was yes, at so Republic I was Kansas yes, so well. Kansas. I watched that Sims, and then yes, that's what I, I couldn't remember the name of the place, but Republic is where it all came to an end um, against Butler, and a sad yes. night. But we know. You, you you lose you lose in the final four. It, it almost sucks. I wish that VCU could have won that game and played Butler in the finals. Like had two small underdog teams in there, you know. Um, but you know, it came right, to an end. Right. I think afterwards we went to some like some hippie show that had some disco biscuits uh, people in it. After they lost to Butler, took some Moon Rock. You know, went to the Moon that night with with Coggins. Um, so yeah, so it made me feel pretty, pretty good, great. even though they lost. Um, but what what a, I mean, ten years ago, man, ten years. We were different people then. We were different people. Ten years. I recall just going straight to the Bat Cave at Europa, partying there until four four thirty in the morning that night. You know, it hurt the next day, but at the time, you just do oh, what geez, you had to man. do to I mean, get through the night. I mean, what what a time to be alive. Who would have ever thought that the Rams would get to the Final Four? You know. It'll never happen again. In I still, our I still pick them to go all the way but every year. My March bracket, but you know that. that <laughs> the year the, the, <laughs> hey, maybe this year. Maybe they might this one year, day. Shane, maybe this year. But yeah, the BC, the BCU run was epic a decade ago. Uh, but for me, it's not really a single moment. It's not a single month. It's really a menagerie of moments melded into numerous settings over the years. So from my parents' sofa to bars in Panama City to watering holes along Broad Street, it's coming home from school on Thursday and Friday afternoon just as the early games are ending. It's filling out the bracket. You cut out of yes, the newspaper. Yes, 
Yes. So the Super Bowl is a national event for four hours on the first Sunday in February. March Madness is is a a binding of the collective consciousness for three weeks in early spring. There's always an obscure Catholic school from Chicago or a liberal arts school from the West Coast that makes a run and it has us rooting for the underdog. And perhaps more importantly, it gives us faith in this idea of an American meritocracy that any team or person can succeed or at least at least make a run at success if they strap on their boots or Nike's in this case, super tight. And this idea of American meritocracy has been dying in recent decades. If it ever was a statistical reality, but for several weeks, Every March, we cling to this romantic notion that the little guy can win. The works of American novelist Horatio Alger became wildly popular in the late 19th and early 20th centuries by constructing stories with this rags-to-riches theme as the underlying narrative. Indeed, it became part of the national ethos. However, as Americans, we don't read anymore. Almost a quarter of Americans haven't read a book in the last year. But in a way, March Madness has become the modern-day Horatio Alger story, even if only for a few weeks. Can I just – can I uh, – I don't know if we're going to get back on the college basketball again, but fuck Coach K, by the way. I hate that guy. Coach K has really not made many. I, I you know, I listen obviously weeks. to you and Steve talk about him. I agree. The guy deserves respect. I don't even care about that whole newspaper thing. I'm just it's so obvious that he knew his team was gonna suck this year and he was trying to get out of fucking having a season. It's um it's absurd. It's absurd. But I'm I'm Yeah, and the fact that he's got guys quitting his team now does not look good on him him either. That's not something. Yeah, guys protecting themselves halfway through the basketball season because they're going pro. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's a very it's very unduke, you know, very unduke. So, Sandy, tell us more about this this fan controlled football league. I had no idea that it existed. But yeah, yeah. Currently going on now. We're gonna be starting soon. Johnny Manziel's. Yeah, I just wanted to. I wanted to bring this to y'all's attention, and I and I text the professor earlier in the week asking if he had heard of the fan-controlled football league, the FCF, baby. Um, and you know, as many as many as of you guys know, like I only watched about what did it come to about like nine and three quarters NFL games this year, and about like I don't know, like four total college football games this year. So I'm just not. I'm not a big football guy as much as I used to be, right? But I'm all in on this fan-controlled right. football league. It's pretty cool. And so the idea behind it, it's, I mean, it's in the name. It's, you know, it, it, it follows a long line of upstarts, you know, as the XFL and whatever that league Steven was really into, the USFL or whatever. Um, you know, I don't... No, it was called... Well, the, it was not the USFL. <laughs> the American Football the League or something? I don't even know. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think um, I actually got into it for a while too. My my, my team was the Birmingham 
Steel, I think, or Birmingham Iron. I don't recall That's what a, their name was, but yeah, it's no longer right. And I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, none of these leagues you you never go into watching these leagues thinking they're going to last, right? And I don't think this fan control football league is they're not really taken on the NFL by any means. I mean, so basically, what it is is it's it's for this age of people, right? It's the fan control football league. It, it they're they're bringing like Twitch, the streaming service, and they're bringing apps and technology, and they're making it more interesting for like people that don't want to sit down and watch a three-hour football game on a Sunday, right? And so what it is is there's four teams in the league, and it, I think there would be more teams actually, but COVID kind of set everything back. So what they're doing is, and I can't believe they're actually doing this. I can't imagine the money they're going to lose on all this when it goes bankrupt. But they're they're having like a bubble in Atlanta. There's four teams down there. Um, Johnny Manziel's involved. You know, all these leagues try to get at least one of these like former NFL players that are washed up to uh, to play. You know, kind of like to to hype up their league. But what I like about it, and one reason, the, I'll, I'll be you know, to be honest with you, the reason I'm into it is because my favorite YouTube group, the guy, podcast group, I guess you could call them, it's, there's all these groups online that have like, they make their money by, you know, YouTubing and, and streaming and podcasting, right? Well, my, my favorite group is called Kind of Funny. Right. And the way the league is set up is every team has like a three or four like famous owners. So the team I'm really into is owned by uh, that group of guys, like that group of YouTubers that I enjoy. And like each team also has an NFL player. So, like, th- their team's called the Wild Aces, and Austin Eckler is one of the co-owners, right? There's there's another team called the Beast, and Marshawn right. Lynch is the main co-owner. Like, he was on the stream the other night talking shit. Like, he almost suited up and played. Uh, Richard Sherman's another co-owner, right? And during the games, you can go on your app. You call plays. Like, you vote on plays, and then they run those plays, which is really cool. Um, also... Every week, there's a draft. So, like, you can franchise one or two players, and then each week, each team gets redrafted. So, like, last night was the draft. So, I'm up on Twitch.com watching the draft happen live. I'm watching the kind of funny stream. They're telling us who we should vote for because they, they're kind of trying to manipulate the draft a little bit, you know, by telling their fans, which is allowed, obviously. Um, and so it's just it's, it's really right, fun. Right. You feel like you're a part of it. They even offer you like you can pay 150 bucks to like legitimately become like part owner. I don't know if there's like any payout involved down the line or whatnot, you know, um, but I just thought, you know, uh, is is, you know, Johnny Menzel is involved. These guys are scoring touchdowns. And Wendy, Wendy sponsors them, and they run through the end zone and grab a burger and start eating the burger after they score a touchdown. You know, it's, just, it's really fun. And um, I think <laughs> is what – oh, is, is that the birthday boy talking? It's me, baby. It's me. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We got – we are – ladies and gentlemen, we have Kanto the Greek blessing – Blessing us with his presence live from the red. We're doing the great, man. We are How are we? The wind. Yeah, you don't sound great. You don't sound no, great. No, I'm fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'm fantastic. We are. We. Uh, What's the current heater count? A pack. I can tell you that right now. Jesus. Um, we're feeling good. Um, had a couple cold ones. Played couple. Nine ho- played nine holes through the round through the rain today. Uh, <laughs> what did you shoot today? Uh, honestly, I, we, we stopped counting. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> rain was bad, man. It was treacherous. Uh, y'all got some snow and some sleet and we got a bunch of rain and, uh, you know, it was, it was sloppy out there, but I feel really good about going in tomorrow. 
Um, 20 guys out here. We're going to, we're going to play another 36 tomorrow, 36 on Saturday and, uh, another 18 on Sunday. So we feel good. I feel good. Pretty, it's pretty aggressive to play 36 holes in a day. I've never done it. I don't know that you guys will be able to do it in back to back days. How was it? More power. Hey, listen, How was your man. flight? Got, uh, the flight did not happen. Why? Uh, they canceled it the night before. I rode down to Richmond last night and then drove down this morning. I woke up at 3.30 a.m. this morning Jesus. Uh, to make it down to, to Myrtle. i um, been drinking. I got a couple cold ones about 9 a.m. and uh, a couple cold, cold lights. I've been drinking ever since. Uh, burning heater. It's a good yeah, morning I mean, here. It went down smooth. It's like apple juice, you know. It just tastes good. Uh, you put it down, and I'm uh, feeling good. But what you boys been talking about, it sounds like – Sandy's been dropping I'm, some I'm knowledge, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, Kanto, what was that league, that football league that played in the spring a couple of years ago that you were really into? Uh, the, uh, shit, uh, the FFL. FFL. That don't sound um, right. So terrible. They went belly up. Dude, in a give month, me a second. They? I'll figure out what it is. No, COVID no. fucked them out. <laughs> no one cared. Fucked, no. Dude. Uh, no, they didn't. It was this was a couple of years ago. It, they yeah. were, they didn't make any money. They had no revenue. No, 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 no. You were the You're only man. Was, was JGI taking bets on that league? Yes. You know we were, and and Conte was actually pretty sharp on his on his bets for this whatever the league is called, uh, USF or something. He, he was, he was <laughs> banging the book a little bit. No, 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 no. I don't think Kanto's uh, gonna find this googling right now. I don't think he's in googling shape. Tell him, hold on, I'm, I'm figuring where are you? Out where are, where are you currently? Can uh, you kind of set the scene for us? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's not the FFL. What the fuck was it? I'm jealous. Um, I have serious FOMO. Well, a lot of guys just left to go to the titty bar, and I'm just trying to. Collect you didn't go to the titty bar. Why didn't you go? Figure out. Fair. Yeah, you know I'm. Dude, I got uh, I'm no, I'm. I, there's a lot of guys that just left. There might be some of us that leave. I'm sure. I'm, I'm. I'm imagining that Kanto mom fair, probably fair. tells you not to go to the titty club. Mm, that's a solid. That's a solid <laughs> bet. I would take. I would. I would take that bet every day, dude. Jeff, what was the call, bud? I have no idea, man. Honestly, yeah, I don't. I don't care as much as 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 you do about it, but you were pretty sharp at it. Yes. Now, Steve, let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. We've been talking baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. So you got Yanks winning the series against uh, Dodgers. Boring pick. Beating the Dodgers. That's the most straightforward homer. Yes, it is. That's what everyone wants. It's the biggest ratings. Everybody's going to watch a Dodgers Yankee series. That's a good point. Good point. That could be true. That's exactly what everybody wants. I mean, you're going to see the two big, the the beasts from the East and the beasts from the West. I mean, that's what everybody wants. It's what I want. It's what everybody wants. It's what your common fan wants. Dude, who's going to watch? Well, I mean that's the problem. With, that's the problem with baseball, like, right? If you if if you don't have a team, you're not really into it. And for someone to watch the World Series, it's got to be the big market teams. You know what I mean? Right, right. Listen, I'm grooming my son every single morning to be a baseball player. <laughs> but I understand. I mean, we wake up every morning six a.m. We hit the weights. He runs a little bit. He takes some chops off the fucking tee. We're going well, to the cage. All you it's have to do is, is look but, at that contract I mean, that Tatis just signed. Why wouldn't you want your son to be a baseball player? 
Ooh, that's a good point. 14 years, 350 million or something like that. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, like we're, but nobody wants to watch that shit. Like you don't watch, dude, when was the last time besides Seneca? When was the last time you sat down professor and you watched every single pitch of a nine inning game? You didn't. It just haven't done every single yeah. pitch. No, probably you're... not every single pitch, but how often are you watching every single play of a football game? Uh, a football game? game every, I mean, I watch every single play of a Cowboys game. Bullshit. You told me you go to bed <laughs> after oh, half the yeah, bets you make. Bet. The bets I make, but not a Cowboys game. I watch every single fucking snap. Well, no, Jeff's a great Cowboys Orioles game. fan, though. He watches quite a few Orioles games, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know Many, what, you many know, games. He, Pretty much every time yes, going, but yes. I will skip innings here and there. I'll of course you watch the fucking Orioles. Who gives a shit? They fucking put them on the background and just play the game. They suck. They're fucking terrible. I'm not sure why you're getting aggressive terrible. on the show, but I don't They're appreciate it. They're fucking terrible. I'm a, you know what? Hey, Steve, let me ask you this. No, I'm going to take a swing of this fucking buck for a trace. That's what I'm going to do right now. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead. So you're playing five rounds, it seems like, in the next yep. three days. Will your cumulative score be over or under 500 Ooh, strokes? Way under. Way under. Way under. under. I mean, you're saying that's 105 times 100 is a 500, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not correct with that, but that, yes. I'm aware uh, of the map. I, I would say my cumulative score over five rounds will be under 470. Okay. You want to take that bet? You want that? You, you, you want to ride that? Um, I'll let you know by tomorrow morning. <laughs> but but I'm 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 trying to figure out if if you go if you go to the dollhouse tonight, I definitely oh, the want dollhouse. That There's I just got a text message from a buddy. It's the dollhouse. It said two Vakatanis in just got to the dollhouse, and I'm I'm itching to go for sure. Well, hey, you do what you got to do. Hey, no, 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 know, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jeff. I'm not ready to go. This is this is our show, and I'm just not <laughs> fucking ready to go. So just pipe the fuck down for a second, okay? Very very aggressive. Again, this aggressive will not stand. <laughs> yeah, I'm super aggressive. I'm. Late. You are not I'm making. You are good. not making it to the kitty bar night. There's no chance. No chance. I might. You're gonna you're gonna get yeah, off this okay, well, off this call and face plant on the on the bed or whatever wherever you are. Right, you're probably like outside somewhere on the side of the house, like creeping around. I'm a, I'm about to burn it here. I'm gonna smack <laughs> you the fuck up when I come see you next. Let, let me tell you something. Listen, just just chill out, Senny. I'm gonna come down and fucking beat you down to Chinatown. Just relax. So aggressive, so aggressive. Okay, I just want to, I just I just want to. What was the topic of conversation? Well, what do we what do we end the show with tonight, Jeffy? <laughs> well, you're gonna, gonna listen. Are you to gonna find join out. us for the rest We're of the show? College basketball next. Uh, I mean, I would love to sit in here what we have going. I'm gonna burn a couple of heaters. I'll I'll fucking hang out for a little bit. It's my show. It's just amazing, amazing. Let's go. Let's go then. We're talking Major League Baseball futures. Let's look here at the Senior Circuit, the National League East. So we look at the National League East odds to win the division. Braves coming in plus one forty. The Mets plus one fifty. Nats plus five hundred. Phillies plus 900 and the Miami Marlins plus 3,800. Of course, the Braves coming in as a slight favorite. What is that? 
Kanto and Senny. Any reason to what think is that? The is Mets it raining? Where, what is, it sounds like he's peeing or something. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of rain. It's raining in Myrtle. So, okay? so Professor, I actually board. have a question for you. Um, I'm I'm not great with numbers, sure. right? Like I'm not much of a gambler. Now some I'm more of a stockbroker, right? I play the stocks a lot. But what does what like? Could you explain to me like when I see Mets Braves one forty? Just for the general person who doesn't usually bet baseball, who yeah. doesn't really understand this. Even I, I'm a big baseball fan, but even I don't really get it. What does that mean to me? I, obviously, plus forty, plus one forty for the Braves is better than plus one fifty for the Mets. But do you? Is there like an underlying like meaning behind those numbers? Yeah. So it's all based okay. off of a standard one hundred dollar bet. So if you if you make a wager on the Nationals, for instance, you put down a hundred bucks on the Nats plus five hundred, okay. and they win the division, okay. you're going to win five hundred dollars. Whereas if you wager on the Braves, you put out put down a hundred to win one forty, and then on the flip side, when we talk about the AL East, like if you wager on the Yankees, you've got to risk one sixty five because it's a sure. That's why they're negative. Bag. It's basically okay. in the bag. Okay. Okay, cool. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, Correct. I didn't hear what you really Correct. said, Correct. but I will go with. I'm going to go with the Braves. I think they've won division three years in a row. The Mets have made some moves. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked to see the. I mean, this is a crazy number, I guess. The Marlins are plus 3,800. They made the playoffs last year. What the fuck's up with that? Um, but that's going to be a tough division because. You look at the Mets, the Nationals, the Phillies, the Marlins. They've all got some talent. I, I, it's hard to really pick, but I'm just going to go with the Braves. I don't, know, I don't know a lot about the National League, and they've been kind of like the forerunners the last few years. So, Yeah, I, I'm going to go. Yeah, go. I'm going to go Mets here. I don't really know why. Their, their lineup is a legit yes. top three lineup in baseball with Lindor, Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto, Pete Alonzo. They've got a pretty damn good one-two-three punch in Jacob Degrom, Noah Syndergaard, and then no Stroman Blue Jays. I was wondering where Bronx, I was wondering I where he the Blue Jays got the worst deal on that, didn't right, they? Right. Wasn't that what happened? No, no, the Mets. That's right. He came from the Blue Jays, but he didn't play in the COVID season. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what. Happened. Right, right. So. You know, I think when the when the Mets and the Yankees are doing well, that's good for baseball. So I, I'm kind of the Mets are the Mets a fucking disaster. Year. They're always a disaster. Are you fucking? Are you are you so fucking Kanto, kidding you me? If you're telling me the fucking Miami's <laughs> plus thirty eight hundred, I'm gonna lay seriously, some dude. On that I'm looking at that number. Day. That's crazy. JGI, take my take my take my bet right fucking now. I'm telling you. That I'm telling you that Miami, if they, if my brother is telling me they made the fucking playoffs last year, I trust this guy. Well, let me, can I can I give you? I'll give you on one one thing to think. Okay, yes, sixty game season, and it was, it was an expanded playoffs as well. Okay, but they still made yeah, but, it. but 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 yeah, they made it. So they got to be they got to be halfway decent, right, to make it. So. You're getting a lot of money on that. There's a lot of fun. I want to say they made it to the second I, round. I mean, Jeff, they might you, have made you it would the agree round, on that, actually. right? You would agree. You 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 would agree as a fucking gambler that plus thirty eight hundred on the on the fucking Miami, you would you would you fucking that's that's good money. Yeah. So Seneca, yes, they beat the Cubs to move on to the next round, and and yeah, why not take a why not take a swing at them plus thirty eight hundred? I would rather put money. 
moving on to the AL East, I would rather put money on the Marlins plus thirty eight. How are they plus seventy five hundred? Hey, Baltimore. First of all, Baltimore had a good young squad last year. That's what I said. They were surprising. Yeah. So you would, you would, you should, you should not sleep on those guys in this year. Like they're hungry, they're young, they're hungry. They, were ta- they they actually they they did pretty well. Like Baltimore is gonna play this year, man. I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be closer than you think. In the, in who the who do you think wins the AL East, Steve? Oh. The fucking Yanks, of course. I mean, I got a fucking life-size Aaron Judge yeah. fucking, uh, fucking fathead in my son's like room. Like we're Yankees all the way. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna win that shit. But that that's a that, but 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 the matter yeah. of the fact is that doesn't stop fucking Baltimore from being potentially be able to. They they played really well last year, man. Did anybody think? Yeah, the but they're not winning the division the though no. this year. They're not so, winning the division. Is this we're talking about yeah. division odds right now? Eh, Yanks gonna win. Where's Boston in the whole thing? So Boston's plus twenty two hundred. The Rays are plus four hundred. Toronto is plus three thirty three. So the money's. I mean, everybody's favorite of the Yanks this year. They are, and you know, if you if you look at Tampa, yep. uh, they bring Blake back Allen, Archer. Charlie Morton are gone. They yeah, have, I like him. They have Chris Archer back. They have. They have the journeyman survivor Rich Hill coming back, who's pitched for sixteen I find, years uh, in the big I find league. Ta- I find Tyler Glass now to the be a very Wilson. intimidating pitcher. You know, big, big left, big lefty on the mound. You know, just tough, very good tough, pitcher. Very yes. tough. Yes. If you're looking for value in the Yankees right now, your value is probably in them winning the AL pennant. That's probably the value. Well, you know, I mean, you know what's going to happen. They'll they'll probably win the division, and then their 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 pitching will be garbage, and the, well, their offense will be garbage. You know, like yeah. yeah. What? Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Though the value's yeah, in yeah. the fucking AL pennant. Yeah, it's not to win the division. They're going to win the division. You know that. So the money's on. Put money on them to win the division, and then put a little put put the same amount of money on them to win the pennant. Because that's where you're gonna make your scratch. I, I know. If you fucking I, put it on the, money. the professor, that's I will say this, uh, Steve. Before you got on here, I've been down on the Red Sox early in the podcast, but I will say this: they're plus twenty two hundred, right? They are still the Red Sox, and and I, I was doing a little research beforehand. They bring him back, fucking Alex Cora, after the guy got suspended a year. I, I something doesn't sit right with me, like I don't like the way yes. it's setting up. I feel a redemption story from Alex Cora, and everyone's down on the Red Sox right now, including me. Don't be shocked, though, if somehow they overachieved this year. Don't be shocked by that, I will say. Did you take you, – I, I you just – that 2,200 – I mean – Baseball, I mean, 2,200, if you put $100 on that, I mean, that's, a, that's not bad, you know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, don't be surprised if they do better than people think is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. To ask to answer your question, the Yankees are plus two fifty to win See, the AL. That's your money. Pennant. That's where you're gonna. I, I think the, it's the Yankees' year, man. I mean, they've been building into this, right? They've been they've been building the team. I think the offense is there. The the pitching they, has gotten better. I mean, if you're you take them to win the, I division have a question, and you put money in them to win the pennant, and that's no, you guys, you guys obviously bet way play. more than me. Yes, I would imagine betting baseball is difficult because the best team doesn't always win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but well, correct. you that's why you take futures because you bet you bet series, not necessarily. I mean, you bet you bet specific games. I mean, 
I mean, the professor can have his opinion, but when I bet baseball, I bet the pitcher. That's what I bet. Well, you do. You bet the pitcher, but one one rule of thumb that I've kind of gone by in baseball is never play a favorite. Play the dog. Play a plus 140, a plus 160, a plus 200. That way, if you hit that one, you're ahead of the game. You might lose two other bets but still be around even. Whereas if you're playing – if, if – um, you know, Garrett Cole's pitching for the Yankees, and they're playing Kansas City. The Yanks are minus three twenty. There's really no value in playing Garrett Cole. That's true. He goes seven, the bullpen blows it, and they lose three to two. Yeah. And you're out. And, let, and let's bucks. be honest with so Jeff doesn't like the way I bet baseball. I actually bet the run differential, so I'll take a one and a half because every line is a one and a half typically. So, and Jeff, Jeff, Jeff doesn't. Yes. I'm like, the oh, they actually they the they have lines for baseball. Like that, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Either take a money line or the <laughs> run line. The run line is always that's amazing. Always one and a half. So either minus one. That's and a half why Seneca, when I when I text you and you're like, "Why are you texting me?" I'm like, are the Yankees gonna win by two mm-hmm. tonight? Like I ask you that question. That's because I'm betting the fucking run, <laughs> the run fucking differential. Yeah, like that's, yeah. That's makes sense, right? And I trust what you're gonna say. And a lot of times you're right. I mean. I, I've, I've done well in baseball because you've led me in the right direction. But, I mean, the Yanks, I like the Yanks. I mean, they're, 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 they're set up to be good this year. I mean, if they yes. fail, it's because yes. they have injuries. Yes. That's the only reason why they fail. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And then, well, and a little inside scoop you for you. Injury. Uh, the train. I guess it's not inside scoop since it was on the internet. But uh, the trainer said for the Yankees that Stanton and Judge have changed their offseason program and they're lifting less. So they're not going to – you know, they're – Ooh. I, dude, that's a hot take <laughs> in JGI Studios, Jeff. I mean, yeah, I mean uh, we did see, though, Stanton take, came man. in swole hot last take. year. He looked amazing, Stanton did. But, you know, you put all that – you know, he was cut, but he, I think it's just they're too muscular, these guys. They're just too muscular. And then they strain something, you know. Hey, you know the – Seneca, who? You know who the worst fucking player on the Yankees is? Oh, it was a Fat Sanchez. You know, the catcher. You know who I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, he's fucking – Fanchez. He's, he's so fucking fat. terrible. He's so, talent. he's so talented. He's That's a fat fat, but he's uh, fucking... we're, we're, probably lo- we're probably losing he's... the crowd talking about Yankee he's fucking baseball right <laughs> 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 Hey, look. Let's check in here on uh, on little college basketball. Switch gears. So last week, Professor goes one and one with UCLA going over Georgia Tech, covering four and a half points on Friday night. We are three and two on the season. So I'm getting kind of tired of playing these obscure Pac-12 Thursday night games. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to talk about Saturday and Sunday's marquee games. So on Let's see here. On Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock, you've got Texas Tech at Kansas. 2 o'clock game. Both teams coming in averaging around 74.5 points per game, shooting 44% from the field. It looks, it looks to me that Texas Tech has really climaxed too soon. I mean, Kansas has been playing a lot better, winning four out of five, so – I'm going to create a line here. I'm going to open the line at Texas Tech minus two and a half. So what that means is that if when the line comes out tomorrow night and you're seeing 
Texas Tech minus four or four and a half, you're going to want to hop on Kansas. If you see Texas Tech minus one or a pick them, no, can I, can I, can I say one thing there. about that? All right. So that's, I, mean, I don't know anything one. about Texas Tech or got, Kansas, but when I saw sure. Texas Tech, right. it made me think of Texas University or University of Texas with Shaka Smart coaches. Have you seen this? Have you seen this man with yes. hair? He has Shaka hair. Is... Shaka. I, it's, a, it's, it's fucking something. <laughs> I mean, I never would have. If you're if you, if you're listening out there, please Google Shaka Smart with hair. It's it's pretty. It's something else. I'll tell you what. I think about Shaka. They're good this year. I think bum. they're good. This Fuck year. that guy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. him. He. Did, they're a top ten team uh, in the nation. Congratulations, and du- and Duke is nine, nine and eight, and six. man. Based on this, who the fuck yeah. cares about this year, dude? Let me tell you something. Shaka is a fucking has been, never was. He played one, had one good season at <laughs> VCU, and he fucking rallied everybody to give him more money than he fucking left. The dude is a fucking chump. He deserves what he gets, and fuck Texas, I man. Respect, fuck I him. That. I respect That's all that. I'm saying. All right, good talk, good talk. Saturday night, you've got UVA at Duke, 15-4 and four at 9-8. and eight. UVA got trounced in Tallahassee on Monday night, losing by 21 points against Florida State. But prior to that game, UVA had held both North Carolina and Georgia Tech under 50 points. Dude, Duke awful. has been a, Love it. Terrible. a skid. They got Jalen Johnson opting out. Duke is Duke. Rerun. They're on TV Duke? more Reruns. than even the Beaver. You got f- Duke is Duke. Duke is Take Duke. Fucking Duke. Duke is Duke. That's a little leprechaun. Duke That's a little Petey Gillen. <laughs> hey, you guys remember that? Petey Gillen. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. Duke can't guard the Benford Lady Lions. Tony Bennett wrote the book on defense. I'm putting. Yeah, I mean, this is a route. This is a route right here. This is the morale is down in. We're in Duke. I mean, it's an embarrassment. Shashevsky should be fired. The only. The only, the only time I root for Coach K is because of America, and I don't think I could coach. I don't think I could even. I don't think I can even root for him right now. If he coached, yeah, now I would. It's an embarrassment. I root for Canada. The guy's coach Keys coaching USA. The guy's senile. He's get making the, up reasons to cancel. He wants to cancel the season because his team sucks. God, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. A big game. Big game on Sunday. Sunday afternoon, which I'm not gonna not gonna be able nice. to watch. Because I'm going snowboarding for the first time in my life. I haven't been I haven't been skiing since 1997. I might die. Where are you going? Where are you Where are you going? That's not good. Yeah, I don't it's even know where we're going. Good luck. I guess mass nut and snowshoe. I don't know. Hey, hey, uh, I'm, I'm Duke, Duke's having one bad season for sure, but uh, you can't <laughs> fire Coach K over that. It's so bad. Hey, listen, we can talk any NBA tonight. I got a couple NBA picks. Hey, can I, I will say, absolutely can I say one not, thing? And we just, to, whenever I see an NBA thing now, I think NBA. of Mandeville. Yes. No. Just because he's the only guy betting on it. But yep. tonight's tonight's a big game. <laughs> Kyrie Irving and the Nets versus LeBron and shark. the Lakers. I don't want I don't, I don't. Yeah, and I'm, t- uh, I'm going to give you the Kanto 
lock. I'm going to chitty, chitty, bang, bang that game. Lakers minus three. You should bang the shit out of it. It's it's The Lakers are going to win that game. Yeah, put that on the fucking board, dude, and take the heat plus one. I want you guys to understand that I'm going to dabble in a little NBA. I've been so hot right now, and you haven't heard and a lot of picks from me. Can but you, you add something to your little your shitty, shitty, shitty bang, 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 lock that. thing? Okay, I think I, every every well, I think you should yes, have like Sonny. a separate yes, one Sonny, that's Sonny, like you, you got your chitty chitty bang bang lock, and then you got your sucky sucky love me long time lock, or something like that. <laughs> you like that? Like a, a brand? I'm trying to think of branding like options for I like you. That. You know, like yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you yeah, you sucky sucky love me long time. Uh, you know, that can be that. your your new lock of the week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that one even better. Maybe that'll be like a new baseball lock. <laughs> Look, listen, listen. When the season starts, I'm talking pitchers and catchers and spring training. Sandy is a fucking lock on baseball. Dude. His voice to me is just so – between the professor and Sandy, well, I was... you guys were made for fucking sports radio. I'm just a, I'm just a fly on the wall listening and adding I was, a I was talking to the professor before we started today, and I was asking him, you know – how how has the views been going, or how the you know the play count been going? I gotta think once baseball season hits, though, it's going way down because no, no, <laughs> once the NFL ended, you guys it kind of sucks for y'all. <laughs> it's a it's a niche yeah, market exactly. focused on on the hardcore degenerates. But I just Jet Professor, yeah, hit me up for a second. You are amazing, and Senny, he adds a lot of value. He you. he brings. I mean, the dude is just he knows his he knows his shit. He knows his craft, right? Yeah. Baseball is his craft. I think that's that's the thing we talk about. Like you, him, and then you know, I'm just kind of there yeah. if, you, if you want me. If you want me there, if you don't want me there, but I do think that there's yeah. A, we were before you got on here. We were talking about replacing you, maybe the, the, on the show. Uh, <laughs> you cannot replace Kato the Greek. Listen, listen. Look, Neil came on. He was fucking terrible. Phil was a goddamn disaster. And Travis didn't do very good either. The only person that's ever made a fucking lick on this thing is fucking Carter. You know? And I'm just saying. He's great. He's great. He's so, so good. good. So He's good. so fucking fantastic. And and I think this might be the only show. Oh, where no that was going to be how I signed off, wife. man. You ruined it. So Damn I'm it. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think I do think there's value in your your baseball, you know, analysis. And I just I like to be along for the ride. The two of you are, are special, man. You you are. It's good stuff, man. I feel good about it. Yeah, we've, we've got some good guests lined up for baseball season, some guys that I've got on the back burner that are knowledgeable about specific American League teams. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. But in regards to basketball, Michigan <laughs> back Wolverines at, at Ohio State Buckeyes, this is a football rivalry. However, both teams are ranked in the top five right now. Michigan played their first game in over a month last Sunday afternoon against Wisconsin. Rolled the shit out of them in the second half. They are currently beating Rutgers right, right now as we speak, 41-30 to 30 in the second half. Ohio State is trying to cover my five-point spread at Penn State, up by seven with two minutes to go in that game. Uh, this game's at Ohio State. I'm going to go ahead and 
make it Ohio State minus two and a half. So, if, you know, if the line comes out on Saturday evening and it's Ohio State minus four, you know, go ahead and take the Wolverines. If it's Ohio State minus one and a half, oh. go ahead and, and take the Buckeyes. This there. game in Big Ten this basketball, big we're looking at like a final score of 40 to 36, I think. Um, big Joe Carmichael <laughs> loves the Big Ten. Uh, loves those big old big big pen screens out there. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this. The Ohio State Penn State. Oh, game, it's currently eighty two seventy six. Holy shit! That's like left. three games right there. Like I'm scoring. That's crazy. That's crazy. Balling, man. I'm telling you. Yes. Hey, Seneca. I feel like this is a good. This is like you, you, you going back to your sports reporting days of what was the digital, uh, digital sports sport reported on? What, what was it? it floundering. Was the, it was floundering. Digital sports. You cover. <laughs> you yeah, cover I'm only I'm only where I'm at today because of that. Because yeah. I lost my job there. Thank God. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. It did work out. It did work out. So it worked out well. It worked out well for everybody. So, 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 Jeff, I uh, I hear a whole lot of fucking college basketball sports going on. Are we gonna? Did we? Did we talk futures in the NFL or, or about draft picks or anything gotta, like that? We you got to save that week? material, man. Yeah. Next week, it's on the docket. Okay, I'm good. Run. I'm just I'm I'm fucking lit right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just doing. <laughs> All right, so let's look here. Last segment. We've got home court advantage in college basketball in this pandemic season. So typically speaking, I've got some data here from economics professor David Yee of Xavier University. And based upon his empirical studies, college basketball home court is generally worth four points. Okay. Okay. The reasons for that is Mm -hmm. the crowd, travel distance, and site Love familiarity. Those are the most significant factors in looking at that four-point line, okay? So, of course, we know that some some arenas are 20% full. Some arenas have no fans. So it's kind of hard for us in this pandemic season to get a good understanding of, you know, the measure of home court advantage. We do know that, as of January 22nd, home teams are winning just 57% wow. of their games. Usually it's upwards, low 60s, mid 60s. So the, we do know that the home field advantage has dissipated to an extent. What we don't know is exactly how much. So that being said, when we're looking at you know making wagers for a, <laughs> for a gambler, for a, a competitor, as Michael Jordan likes to call himself, it's imperative that we know what arenas are allowing fans and the capacity because if you can get twenty percent, that's what I was going to ask you, Professor. Like, college kids, are there guys out there difference. who? I mean, these guys are doing it for a living. Do we got spreadsheets out there that are listing all Division One schools? How much percentage of people are coming to the games? I mean, are, are we getting that? Are, are are people out there getting that? Like, you know minuscule on their bets is that is that you think that's going on right now well you know that's a great question you know generally generally when you look at the box score of a game it will tell you 
the, you know, the announced attendance. And I'm looking here at a game from last night. I'm looking at the Arizona State USC mm, game, mm. and I'm not seeing any data on attendance. Oh, true, true, true. But that's California, true. Except, so there's no one going. Very, fuck very liberal. Very anyway, fuck, Cal- fuck California. You kind of got to know. You got to know where the arenas are located and kind of what they're doing. Because some of these Big 12 games, in the you know, yeah. Oklahoma. Shoulder to shoulder. Like they don't give a no shit. No mask. They're, they're letting shoulder, shoulder. thousand kids in. And that's a big difference. And they're probably winning, too, because yeah. the South wins because they're fucking – they're not fucking scared <laughs> of the fucking COVID-19, which is fake news. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that, Steve. Oh, we got some... the the Big Twelve actually has one of the the lowest win percentages for home teams out of all of basketball this year. What do you? So where is where the Big Twelve play? Give me give me some give me some states. Give me the states. We're talking about Texas. We're talking about Oklahoma. Oh, We're talking so Texas, about this. Go <laughs> all goes back to shock on his hair. He fucking sucks. <laughs> I just want to. This I'm is serious. Anyone listen to this? Google it. Google it tonight. It's insane. And the fa- <laughs> but oh wow, yeah, good time. Like, he looks like Psycho Senny <laughs> in 2004. Okay. Hey, let me ask you a question. Like seriously, think about it. Like if if teams are allowed, this is the thing that blew me away about the NFL. So certain stadiums were allowed to have fans, and it, they were predominantly in the South, right? The South had stands, and then the North didn't. Isn't that a fucking advantage? Would you not consider that advantage? Big advantage. So it's an advantage. It's a big advantage. Big advantage. Right? So why would you not – why is that not regulated more? And then the question is, you're saying the Big 12 isn't doing as well in the home games. Like, it's – to me, it's about, like, like the, South ha- the South has to be – like, that's why Tampa won, right? Like, people in the stands, the crowd noise. People aren't ready for it. And then all of a sudden they play in a game. They play in a stadium that has crowd noise. And they fucking shit the bed. That's what happens, helps. right? Am I wrong it with helps. that? Am I wrong? Right, right. I mean, California, it no, definitely fucking helps. And I think, you know, that's something that you're, you're going to see with this season. Like, where are they playing? The, the final four, all that stuff's going to be played in one location. Are they going to have fans? That's going to change the entire season for these kids. They're not used to playing with fans now, and that's going to change everything. I just, it's 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 mind blowing if you think about it. Like, why can some fans, some stands have fans, and some can't? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, that that is that's a good point because you got places like Baltimore, New York, Pittsburgh, no fans. Then you go down south to Miami, you go to Tampa, you go to God knows where else. Kansas City allows fans as well, so that is that is. But it is, but nice it is what it is. So is you know, it hopefully, is. hopefully next year. So, we'll be so back Professor, let me let me put you on the spot real quick. Who who do you got that's gonna win? If you could, if you could pick the 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 winner of the NCAA, who do you got? I'm gonna go with the Michigan Wolverines. Really? Yeah, Michigan. They look tough. They've got inside outside games. Of course, everyone is looking at that. Gonzaga. Say Zaga right is now, like the favorite. Michigan. Yeah, I mean Michigan and, or uh, Gonzaga and Baylor are the prohibitive favorites, but you don't want to play a favorite. I, like, I got the Rams. You want to take a kind of a, you know, some of a dark horse. I like Michigan. What they're doing. They're battle tested. <laughs> the Rams. 
<laughs> Seneca likes the VCU Rams, led by the, the uh, 6'3", 160-pound So, Jeff, who's, who's coming out of the ACC? Jeez. Florida State. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Not Carolina. Not Duke. Virginia? Um, Florida State beat UVA by 22 points on Monday night. I mean, it's, it's got to be the Seminoles. Wow. It's, it's going to be interesting to watch, man, because when the, the rubber meets the road and the chips are on the table, I think big teams play big games, and you're going to see a lot of things shake out where the ACC, whoever makes it in, they're going to play through that. You know, that's just my that's my take. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But next week, Hey, next week we'll talk about NFL yeah. futures. Man, so thanks, thanks for having me. I mean, excited. I've been looking forward Psycho to this Seti, all week. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, hold the line, everyone out there. Diamond hand. Uh, we're going. We're going. We're going. To, we're going to the moon. Still, we are. We're, we're a little you, bit down Love today. I don't know if you look, Steve. We're a little bit down. We should have sold when we were up last week. We that relax, relax, paper, paper hands, hands relax. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's all about time. Hey, that. Seti, happy birthday, man! Yeah, a yeah, big, 38. Big, it's been a good birthday, week. I mean, me and Jeff were right, talking about we, we have two four day weekends in a row, slammed her on my birthday, so that's been nice. You, yeah. you teachers are just you live life, it's amazing. It's amazing. till next week. Coming at you live from JGI Studio South. This is Bang the Book. Joined by Kanto the Greek, this is the professor coming off a long-winded booze-infused show last <laughs> week. We promised to do better moving forward. Kanto, are we recovered from Myrtle Beach? Uh, yeah, Jeff. Uh, I, uh, I have recovered. I am back. Um, taking it easy tonight, having a couple Guinnesses, and uh, just relaxing into the show. I want to apologize to the fans, the listeners. Uh, obviously not my best performance. I uh, Myrtle Beach will grab a holdie, as many of us will know. The Redneck Riviera uh, took one took one down that night, so I apologize. It happens. It happens. Let me ask you this: Did you break a hundred in each round? Uh, no, I didn't. But I did break a hundred the day after that show. Okay, <laughs> so so, so I, I must have loosened up. Where do we come in at the uh, – did you guys play five rounds? No, we got the first The first day we played at uh, – it's called Traditions or Legends. It was 32 degrees and raining, so they cut off. We already played 18. We were putting through some puddles. But, um, it's, it's you know, it was awful. Um, it was really nice on Saturday and Sunday, so we got to play all the rounds then. But we have this little tournament on Sunday. I was the returning champion, and uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hold the crown at the end, so – didn't play as well as I'd like, but I got the itch to play now. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping for a little bit warmer weather in Maryland so I can get back out there. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath in Maryland, man. It's probably going to be April before you guys get out there. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be warm next week, man. We'll see. I mean, 50 degrees is short weather for me, so I'm fine as long as it's 50. No, I feel you. I feel you. Now, last week, uh, the big, big deal in the news was that Fernando Tatis of the San Diego Padres signing the $340 million deal. Is anybody worth that kind of money in any kind of work? I mean, I would, I would, yeah, I guess. I mean, you're, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay. But do you know, mm. did you know the deal with this thing or that he took this big league advance? Did you hear about this? No. So he signed when he was a minor league player a thing called a big league advance. So they basically give him, they gave him 500 grand. Somewhere around there. The figures aren't like 100%, but somewhere between 350 and 500 grand when he was a minor league player. And they get 10% of his big league contract. Oh, shit. So this company invested 500 grand in Fernando Tatis, and they end up with what, 34 million? So <laughs> what, what company is this? This is a company they do. It's called, it's called Big League Advance. Uh, they, it's unbelievable. They did it with 77 players, I guess, last year. They invested close to, I mean, or I was reading an article about it, and he, he signed one because he needed the money. He was in the minor leagues, needed the money, didn't have enough, and, uh, you know, they basically bet on the player. And so if he does not make it to the big leagues and does not make the big money, he doesn't pay it back. It's, yeah, it's pretty it's, insane. It's a, so, so yeah. Well, he, I mean, and and what is thirty four million on three hundred forty? Not much, but I mean, if you really break that down, though, Jeff, over fourteen years, that's about twenty five million a year. We've seen bigger contracts. I mean, A Rod got bigger contracts. You know what I mean? When you talk about thirty million a year and things like that, so I don't think I don't know. It's the the number's really big, but we spread it over the years. I don't know how big it is. And and in the long story short of it, Bobby Bonilla is still going to make uh, make more money fifteen years from now than he is. <laughs> well, no, the A Rod deal was ten years for two fifty. I thought. Uh, I thought. I thought at one point in the contract he was making twenty nine to thirty million. It could have been back loaded or front loaded. So could've yeah, been. maybe maybe it averaged about the same. But I mean, look, I I think I mean I was looking at some of his numbers before we jumped on. I mean, he's he's got good numbers the last two years. But I mean, come on, dude, that's a lot of money for fourteen years, and you everything in the major leagues is guaranteed. You know what I mean? Straight like, cash, so, homie. Straight cash, homie. So I mean, he goes down with some kind of injury, something happens, you're you're out. So uh, that's wild, dude. It's wild. That is that's. I mean, it's wild. But I just think it's crazy about that big league advance. I've never heard of something like that, and uh, that company just cashed in huge. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So cool. Let's shift gears here to the the National Football League. Talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, of course. We know that Trevor Lawrence from Clemson is going to go number one. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the draft stock of Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. What's your take on Mac Jones, whether or not he's got a legit chance in the National Football League? So if you, if you caught the news, too, Devontae Smith came out and said that he's better than Tua. So, I mean, he caught both of them, right? He, he caught balls from both those guys. But Tua really hasn't played well in the NFL, and there, there's a chance that he doesn't even, you know – pan out in the next two to three years. I, you know, I don't know, man. Tom Brady was a six, six round pick. You know, I think Mac, I think Mac Jones has the potential to be a very good quarterback in the NFL, just like a lot of these early draft round picks that, that, that they talk about. But I mean, we'll, we'll have to see it play out, but I do trust players that have played with people. And if they gave a lot of respect for Tua, right. And then you have somebody like 
Smith, who's a Heisman Trophy winner, saying, I'd rather Mac Jones throw me the ball. You've got to take that as a serious thing. So he could have a very successful career, you know. Uh, it, could, it could definitely happen. I would, I would hedge on the fact that he will, he will play games in the NFL. And uh, if he gets into the right system with the right team, he could have a successful career for sure. Well, that's the thing. If he gets into the right system, these Alabama players have pretty much had things handed to them on a silver platter their entire lives. You know, he's throwing he's throw to a Heisman Trophy winner. He's got a legit running game, great defense, Hall of Fame coach. Alabama players never have to deal with adversity. They do get drafted by, I think Carolina was looking at drafting Mac Jones. You know, he's going in there, he's having to play Tom Brady twice a year, having to play, um, you know, against New Orleans Saints, whatever they're going to be, twice a year. He's going to face some adversity, and guys that haven't faced adversity, generally speaking, it's going to take them a while to get through that. Yeah, but, I mean, this guy, right? So think about the last 20 years of Bama, 15 years. Like, you don't hear a lot about Alabama quarterbacks in general. You've heard more about them over the last four to five years, right? Um, so maybe maybe they're starting to produce quarterbacks out of that system that, that can play in the NFL. I mean um, – what is it, Jalen Smith up in Philadelphia? Looks like he was, he did okay. It hurts, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did okay for a couple games up in Philly. Like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, but Tommy's, what, got a couple more years left? So you never know. You never know, man. I'd like to, I'd like to see him do it. I think he, he isn't an Alabama original, is he? He wasn't – Was did he go to Bama straight out the gate? I'm not sure he did. That I don't know. That okay. I don't know. Okay. So at least two or three times a week, I'm getting these uh, requests from people on Instagram, these so-called sharps that want to uh, sell me picks, want to give me <laughs> whale bets, want to give me, you know, uh, easy plays to, to get me to, uh, to financial success very easily. Now, this seems like part of a, a much larger issue of everyone thinking they're sharp, whether it be in gambling, whether it be in working out whether it be in life advice, financial advice. Kanto, how have we come to a place where everybody with a social media account is giving us advice on how to live our lives? <laughs> I think, I think, uh, so it, I think it's everybody with a social media account showing you how wonderful they think they want you to see their life is. You know what I mean? I'm a firm believer that people on social media try to portray this quality of life that's probably much better than what's when it than it truly is, you know. Nobody po- nobody posts the the shitty pictures or the shitty day or the they they post the really good stuff, you know, the stuff that they try to make people envious with. Um, it's the whole comparison thing. They want they want you to they want they want you to compare your life to their life and for you to say, oh God, their life is so much better. I want that, right? And comparison is the thief of joy. So that's why social media is such a problem. In today's age is because people want to be other people. And yeah, I mean, I come, we joke about like me being nine, one and one, which is pretty freaking amazing in the NFL. And I have picks and I give you picks and really that's just opinion, right? My thought, my opinion, my belief, because you could yes. flip, you could flip a coin on the line. It's probably 51 and a half, somewhere around there on overall the odds of every single line. Right. So people, yes, people are just giving you their opinion and their beliefs. And that's what social media is under a magnified scope is it's like people giving you, you know, they're giving you what they want you to see. 
But what what is it really that you're seeing is nothing but, you know, fake news, honestly. It's just, you know, the best of the best they have to offer. So I don't know if I'm really fa- if I if I answered your question fully, but I mean, social media to me just feels like it just feels like it's a place people go to try to show how much better their life is than somebody else is, you know what I mean? But I do think now with the with the working out stuff, I do think that pe- some people post that stuff to keep themselves honest. You know what I mean? They try to keep themselves that that's the way of them kind of keeping themselves on track. But I don't know, man. What do you think, Professor? What's your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, first and foremost, I will say that we're pretty clear and straightforward that we are not in any way a financial service. We're not trying to give any advice regarding what to do with your discretionary income. Uh, We are trying to perhaps educate people, but by no means are we acting like we're sharps out there. Uh, But really, this idea that everybody is a sharp or a fitness guru or an expert financial planner is a product of too much freedom and democracy. (laughs) This anti-intellectualism has long been a theme in American public life, but we're reaching new levels. We've run so far from authority that now we embrace this personal freedom, libertarian mindset where anybody doing anything has a platform. We have tape tards giving us advice on stocks, Instagram influencers with zero training telling us how to work out, and 23-year-old interns at Northwestern Mutual giving us financial advice. We have run so far from the truth with a capital T (laughs) that we are now too busy creating our own personal truths with a little T. It has become fashionable to be hypercritical of authority figures in sports, in governments, and the media. We'd like to think that we know more. We like to think that we are smarter. Unfortunately, the paradox of ignorant people is they don't realize their own ignorance. Experts who have spent careers in an industry understand their own limited knowledge and stick to what they know. Yet these experts now have to compete with every Tom, Dick, and Harry Whoever read a BuzzFeed article or the latest from their favorite IG influencer. We lambast government officials for saying three wrong words out of 3,000. We criticize teachers for being lazy and coaches for their handling of players or one questionable decision. We have come to a place where the novices are leading the novices with predictable results. Wow. Now, Kanto, let's talk a little bit about NFL futures. I know you were really jonesing to get after it last week when we talked. <laughs> I don't remember for, at all. For 65 <laughs> minutes from the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> but you were, you were uh, you're pretty adamant about wanting to, to talk a little bit of Super Bowl 56 futures. Looking here, Kansas City coming in as the favorite at plus 500. Your favorite Tom Brady led Buccaneers at plus 600, Green Bay plus 1200. Any value in what you see thus far? 
you know, I'm looking at it with you right now. I, I don't think – I mean, I would love to see Tommy win again, but he's not going to. I just don't think believe he will. Um, back-to-back is so hard. I, I do think I do think there's value in the Ravens at plus 2,000. I mean, they're still a really good football team. And at plus two thousand, you're 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 you've got some some good money there. Um, you know, Kansas City being a favorite, I'm not surprised. But we talked about that at nauseum, I think, two weeks ago about how we think that could be. They're starting to slide a little bit. Um, call me, call me a little bit of a homer here, but uh, when you get the boys a plus three thousand, I'll probably throw some scratch on that, and then. The outside, you know, the outside chance team that's really, to me, kind of far down there that you, you just you just think that you might be able to, to make a run is something like the Las Vegas Raiders. A plus, I don't know. I just like Chucky. I think at some point he's going to make a run. And at plus 5,500, you got some money on there that, that could work in your favor. So, I mean, those are some of the guys that I like. I mean, what about you? You know, I'm, I'm a Baltimore homer. Um, so I do see value in, in Baltimore at plus 2000, but aside from that, I don't know, man, I don't, I would prefer not to play, uh, play anything a year in advance. You, know, you kind of want to see how things are going to play out. T- how teams play this year is not how they're going to play next year. I mean, we know that probably three teams in each division, each conference is not going to make the playoffs next year. So, you know, for, for the AFC, for the AFC championship, I mean, you got, uh, Baltimore plus six fifty. You've got Buffalo at five hundred. I would say there's some value in those two teams. For sure, Kansas City at plus two fifty. I mean, there's no there's no value in playing the favorites. There's no value in taking Kansas City plus five hundred or the Bucks at plus six hundred right now. You I and mean, it's the same thing with NCAA basketball. I mean, you really want to find a middle of the pack team that you know can make a run. And if, and if you need to, down the line, you can kind of hedge that bet if they're, you know, getting to the Final Four or they get to the conference championship game or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I, I'll tell you who I'd stay away from is – and this is just some teams I'd stay away from. I'd stay away from Green Bay. Um, who knows what the hell is going to go on there with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't think there's any money there. And I don't know, but when you're getting these numbers, I mean, they can severely change. Like the f- first couple weeks – into the season. So if you, if you have a gut feeling on a team, like to win the NFC championship, right. If you look at something like um, the saints at plus plus eight fifty, the state, the Seahawks, like throwing a hundred bucks on that to win that ain't, ain't that ain't too bad. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you got, again, these are gut calls. These are gut calls. I, I, I truly, truly believe that the Ravens, are going to be back next year um, with a vengeance. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, throwing a 650 on Baltimore to win the AFC, it's not a terrible play, I don't think. But, yeah, like, like I said, I would prefer to wait until at least August or even, like, right before the game start in September to make a play. So I'm not going to make any, you know. Plus, I got to plus I've got to remember what I played <laughs> for the next 9, 10, 11 months. And, uh, you know, I, I like things at least – relatively right in front of me the draft will change it a lot too you know depending on people people get hyped over who gets picked first and all that kind of stuff so you know you might you might see it shift a little bit after the draft depending on who everybody gets for sure for sure let's go to the phone line now uh calling in we've got a uh a man that goes by the name rattlesnake 
on the line. Rattler, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Uh, now, Rattlesnake, you're an individual who has seen both the bookie's perspective as well as the degenerate jambler's perspective. <laughs> which is why I think you can provide us with some great insight. So, uh, Rattler, welcome. Rattler, are you with us? Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Rattler, you with us? Rattlesnake, come in, Rattlesnake. I think we gotta get our get our tech guys on the line. Where are you, Rattler? Bring it in. Where where, <laughs> where is the Rattler? <laughs> the Rattler. The Rattler's not showing on the line, Professor. Technical difficulties, indeed. I think we can move the segment down and see if uh, maybe he comes back on. Yeah, we'll move on here. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. I know your brother last week, Psycho Senny, big baseball guy. Huge. He's pretty excited about talking about the New York Yankees. We might have the Rattler. We might have the Rattler, Jeff. Rattler, are you with us? Rattler! Rattler, are you with us? The microphone is not working for the Rattler. God damn it, Rattler. God damn it, Rattler. He's currently anyway. he's currently dealing somebody from under the deck. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, let's look here at the uh, the National League Central. We're going to talk about it because nobody else will. No one gives a shit about the Chicago Cubs or the Pittsburgh Pirates. But, hey, that's what we do. So let's take a look here at the National League Central. I can even find it here, man. Um, so the, the Cardinals are the favorite coming in at even money. Um, I don't know. Do you know anything about the National League Central other than the fact that your brother-in-law used to play for the, uh, for the Cardinals double-A team? Uh, well, he did finish in triple-A team, so we'll give him a little bit of credit there. Um, I, I don't. I do know that, historically speaking, it's it's the Cubs and Cardinals towards the end. The Brewers try to get their name in the hat every once in a while. Where's the line on the Brewers? Brew crew coming in at plus 400. So are they who's second in the National League Central? The Cincinnati Reds are plus 130. Really? Really? Okay. I mean, do you I, like I, the Reds? I, I mean, I like the Cardinals, man. I'll take the even money on the on the favorite. I don't know shit about the NFC and NL Central, dude. Uh, well, do your the, homework. <laughs> other, other, other than the fact that you know, from a from St. Louis's perspective, they're they're one of the best baseball cities in America, next to Cincinnati. And that's the truth. That's the true fact about the NL Central is great baseball cities. They really for sure. are. For you sure. know, have you ever been to St. Louis? I have not. All right. Real quick, I, you got two seconds. Is the Rattler on, or I got two seconds? Rattler's gone, man. No okay. telling where he is. I, I, I want to give you a story about St. Louis real quick. So I'm traveling to Springfield, Missouri, 
to see my brother-in-law pitch for the double-A team, and we stop off in St. Louis. We're in a 15-passenger Mercedes Sprinter van, right? So we're having lunch. We go, oh, shit, let's go up the arch. So it's me, my wife, my two kids. At the time, Mitch wasn't around, and we, go, we head up the arch. We go up this little thing all the way all up right. the arch. I get – he's hey, rather yep, there. I'm back. Tell the story, and then we'll bring Rattler in. 15 okay. Van, you got one minute. Okay, I, got, I get up. We get up. We get up to the arch. If you've never been up the arch, it's pretty high, pretty scary. I basically step out of this little eggshell thing and faint into my, my father-in-law's arms. And he has to drag me down the stairs, put me back in the elevator, and bring me down to the bottom of the arch. Once we get to the bottom of the arch and I regain consciousness, I have myself a cold Bud Light. We walk to the car to find out that our car was broken into and our computers were stolen. So, so St. Louis is a uh, very uh, is I don't know if you know this, but it's it's not the safest place in America. Welcome and, to St. Louis. Bud Lights and uh, burglaries. <laughs> yeah, I should work for the St. Louis Chamber of Commerce. That's pretty good. <laughs> but that's my story. I fainted on the arch, and uh, yeah, had to get dragged down by and my father. So I love it. Bay. I love it. All right, Rattler, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. You are uh, an individual who has seen uh, a lot of things in your days as a gambler. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, what avenues, if any, are you pursuing these days in the gambling realm? Uh, none, actually. I uh, sworn them off. That's disappointing. I know. I know. Um, so essentially, I uh, led people in their direction, and uh, I realized that a lot of people need to start betting on underdogs as opposed to favorites. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen it for the latter half of the past decade where people just upload on uh, favorites and they get crushed and they dig themselves a hole. So they need to actually take the points as opposed to give the points. Yeah, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show is that the public loves the favorites and the public is always getting, you know, just crushed by the dogs covering the number. And, you know, Vegas knows that people want to bet the favorites, so they're going to inflate the lines to the favorites. So that's, you know... 100% understandable. I would, I would agree with you that, there. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So, so no gambling, no cards, uh, no, no betting with the New York are... Metropolitans, yeah, no, no nothing? G- uh, gambling with cards, that's, uh, that's uh, a different... Uh aspect of actually gambling because you can actually control how much you win and lose um as far as sports gambling goes you have to be very cautious of what you're going to get yourself into because you can dig yourself into uh, you know and then owe people money a, a couple of thousand dollars shut up Liz <laughs> um you can dig yourself into a big hole and you can't get out of it and a lot of people uh misconstrue betting parlays doing reverses all the random bets and they will uh they'll they'll just beat you up so you gotta you gotta pretty much take three swings and be done is what i would say i feel you i feel you now in your time in the gambling world what is the wildest shit you've ever seen whether it be cards Holding bets, making bets, riding the 2015 New York Mets, you name it. What is it? 18 parlay that fucking cost six grand to us. 
<laughs> you were holding that? Yeah, we, hold, we held that. Now, was this back in the HGI days? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was H&G uh, Investments. Might... Might have been, might have been the end of H and G HGI investment. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That was the end. So <laughs> like, was it college basketball? Uh, yeah, yeah. The dude won like ten games in a row. Jesus Christ! He he banged the fucking. Book. He banged the book. He took every cent. Did the book pay out? Is the question. We paid. We paid. We ran an honest operation, but we paid. We paid, and then he. Went to uh, another friend, and then he um, he neglected to pay him. So, all the same, when we dissolved that whole uh, front, that's what happened. Well, I think you know we we both know from our time holding bets that you're going to get burned at some point by some fucking jackass out there with monopoly that's money. Kind of the kind of the nature of the beast. Yes. But uh, but yeah, I think you're a smart man for getting out, you know, getting out while you while you can. Last question before we get you out of here, Rattler. If you let Kanto play from the red tees, the ladies' tees at Brannermill Country Club, and you play the tips, <laughs> do you think Kanto the Greek could beat you? No. I, I the only thing is I would I would need to see how many foot wedges and drop balls out of play that come into play. With Richard, that's the thing I, I gotta, you know, I gotta be, I gotta have all eyes on him. The, the rattler so, does not cheat on the golf course, sir. <laughs> <laughs> man, I played cards with you, man. You threw me cards from underneath the deck for years. I didn't throw any cards underneath the deck to you. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here! <laughs> Bullshit on the my back porch. Is yeah, I remember. It fucking said Joe Commons. Yeah, you shut do. up. No, yeah, I never you... fed you fucking cards. Bullshit, you did. Controversy here. Hey, Controversy. This is, this is, I love it. going way off the rails here right now. <laughs> uh, I think hey, you guys got to sell this in memory here, club here, maybe in April once it warms up. Oh, Jesus well, Christ. Don't, don't get me well, fucking warmed up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick this in the fucking full gear. It's, we can do it. I, I'll play. For, I, you give me the red tees. I'll take huh? you. I'm not worried right, about it. Fair enough. Honestly, honestly, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty even money here. I might say no strokes. Uh, you get the red tees. I take, I take the tips. Oh, What's yeah. that? No strokes. no strokes. I take the tips. You take the red tees. Yeah, you got it. Right. You got it. I'm all over it. We're doing all this. Right, let's, let's do we're, it. We're, we're doing it. We're going to do it. We got ourselves a bet. Uh, Jeff, you got to figure out the line. Uh, the line is going to have the line posted by 11 p.m. tonight, and we'll start start wagers. Looking at a uh, mid-April tournament time, I'll, I'll be there for the member guests. So well, anytime around there, yeah. Is fine. I mean, if you're gonna play from the pussy cheese, that's fine. Uh, I'll make a. I'll go ahead and say <laughs> that I'm gonna make a four hundred dollar wager. I'll play from the tips and I'll kick your fucking ass. <laughs> I love it. I love it, rattlesnake. <laughs> fucking kick my ass. Hey, uh, rattlesnake. I thought you were done gambling. What? what is yeah, it, it doesn't matter. No, no, golf is not gambling. That's skill. He doesn't have any skill. <laughs> So to recap, golf and 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 cards, and cards are not, are not gambling. Nope. nope, not at all. <laughs> that's actually something that you can control. Yeah, oh, you you can definitely control cards when you're playing with Haggerty for sure. Uh, I love it. Man. Uh, you you know what? It. You know, Councilmanolas, you're gonna have to just meet me on the course. I'll see you on the first tee. 
Um, yeah. uh, I, all right, be... Rattlesnake. We'll take care, man. And we'll see you out there on the uh, on the first team. All right, screen. yeah. We'll set that shit up because I'm taking your damn money. Take care, guys. We'll do. Right. Take Later. care. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, the the rattler was coming at you pretty hard, Conso. It seems like there's a common theme here. Every time somebody comes on the show, they really just drag you over over the uh, the ashes and give either you or your wife a hard time. Yeah, the, he no nobody's mentioned my wife tonight, which is a good thing. Well, there's still there's still time for that. <laughs> He's still time pretty, for that. He seemed pretty angry though. You know, people tend to get angry when the truth is told. He does, he does, but you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? All right, let's move on here to a little bit of college basketball. Got a couple big games coming up on Saturday afternoon. We've got uh, probably the marquee game of the weekend, 8 p.m. Saturday night, Baylor 18-0 at Kansas. Baylor didn't play for three weeks, looked very rusty against Iowa State on Tuesday night. They ended up winning by five points after closing as a 24-point favorite. Not good. Kansas, of course, coming off a heartbreaker in Austin, which they, in which they lost to the Shaka Smart-led Texas Longhorns. Texas really cannot shoot the ball from the field. They're 194th in the country. Um, you know, Baylor was rusty in that first game off of the COVID-induced layoff. But this game is in Fog Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. I'm going to set the line here at Baylor minus three and a half. Conta, you got a you got a uh, lean here in the Baylor at Kansas game, being the basketball sharp that you are. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do exactly what you guys talked about in the, in the last segment. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the favorite. Um, I thought uh, we said don't play the favorite. Yeah, but I don't do what everybody else does. A lot. Uh, so I'm gonna play. So the you're favorite. fading the faders of the public. Yes, yes, yes. Which means you're taking the public. <laughs> yes, I'm fading the faders. So I'm taking the public on this one. Jesus. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I, the, the, what I do know, what I do know is that historically speaking, I would tell you that I feel like the, the, the team that's 18 and 0 is going to win a game against a team that's 17 and 8. And when it's, and, and it's in college basketball, like, Today, I feel like there's such a discrepancy in how good the for the good team is versus like a mediocre team. You know what I right, mean? Right. So I just I feel like three and a half points isn't a ton. And if you're telling me that's what the line's going to be, I'll take the favorite all day. Yeah, it's crazy. Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, of course, Baylor's number two. Gonzaga was a 31 point favorite tonight against God damn it, who are they playing? Santa Clara, I want to say. Fuck Santa Clara. But fucking Fuck Gonzaga doesn't really play many people either, though, you know? No, they don't. They play in the West West Coast Conference, which is straight doo-doo. But... So they ended up winning by 14 against Santa Clara. Did not cover the 31, obviously. Well, 31's a ton. I mean, 31's a lot, right? It, it is, but I, I mean, I still was scared to play it. That's too many points. That's a lot of points. To t- yeah, I mean, that's a lot of points, man. You, you're sitting people at 30 points. When you're up 30 points, people are being sad. You know? When so, you're up 30 points, you're bringing in your third-string point guard, Conte the Greek, to run the offense. No, Senny's. Sacco Senny's coming in on the JV Cloverhill basketball team up 30 points. 
love it. I love it. Psycho Seneca and Talty are coming. Have you ever heard the story of when they tell Seneca to go into the game? There's like three seconds left in the game, and he tells the coach, I'm not playing your scrub time, and doesn't go in the game. You've heard that story? Yes. Psycho Sandy was born that night. I'm not playing your fucking scrub time. Such an, such an idiot. <laughs> God, it's so funny. I love it. All right, noon Saturday, we've got Texas coming in 14-6 and six at Texas Tech, 14-8. and eight. Uh, Texas is coming in kind of on a little bit of a heater here. They won three out of four. They beat Kansas on Tuesday night. Texas Tech losing – uh, at Oklahoma State on Monday night. Um, this game seems to be pretty straight up. As we talked about last week, well, you don't recall last week, but as <laughs> as the rest of us talked about last week, home court advantage historically is worth four points, probably a little less this year. But these games in Texas, they don't give a fuck in Texas. They'll they pack, 2, they pack them in. 2,500 college students in there and, you know, and let them roll. So I think uh, – I'm going to sit the line here at Texas Tech minus three. Do you have a, do you have a lean here? Are you going with uh, Shaka Smart? Are you going Shaka with the Red Raiders? I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I have a thing for Shaka. I do not like Shaka. I, uh, Shaka is just not impressive to me. Hasn't been impressive to me as Texas. You know, he made the run in VCU. We all loved him. And then he played that role for more money, more money. And then eventually they got tired and old and we let him go. And he hasn't done shit in Texas. So, so forget Shaka. Ride Texas Tech minus three. I'll actually, I'll actually put a chitty, chitty, bang, bang lock on that if that's the line. Because I think Shaka's that much of a pussy that he can't win big games. Yeah, I'll tell you who's an absolute unit for Texas Tech. He's a uh, transfer from Georgetown is Mac McClung. Dude is killing it. And, I, you know, I'd probably lay a little bit of scratch here on Texas Tech, depending upon what the line is. I think it's going to be around two and a half or three. They're going to be favored. But uh, some good games coming up on Saturday, as well as a couple uh, good Big Ten games on Sunday. All right, let's move on here to – uh, a little bit of the professor's corner talking about to fade or not to fade. God, we've got so high tech. All right, so this this segment of the show, we like to give the public a little bit of a strategy. I know you're not really into strategy. You're more into the <laughs> Bel Air lights and drinking uh, middle middle shelf bourbon out of a decanter. <laughs> but some of us do like to print some numbers and see if we can find any value. So like we were talking about earlier in the show, fading the public is a well-known gambling strategy, but there's a, a number of layers to unpack here. So it's the sharp, the sharps are the ones moving gambling lines not the amateur, you know, $25 or $30 a game gambler. So even in situations where you have, you know, 80% of the tickets coming in on, let's say it's Duke minus five and a half, there could be some sharp money that comes in on North Carolina State plus five and a half, and that bumps the line down to four and a half. So looking solely at, the percentage of the tickets is is not really going to tell you what the public is or isn't doing. I think it's a better better here to, to look at the sharps and what the sharps are doing. So, 
you know, if you see 80% of the money's on Duke and then you hop on the Wolf Pack once the line moves to four and a half, then you're getting a bad number. And if there's anything, I can't tell you anything I hate more than getting a bad number. You know, if you, if you get a team, especially when, when, let's say in this case, you get the Wolf Pack at four and a half instead of five and a half and they lose by five. Right. And, you know, I don't know the, I don't know the numbers regarding, you know, how often that line movement comes into play, but I just, I just do not like getting a, you know, a, a, a bad number, a bad number. So one of the things that I can say that has been, has been profitable for, you know, some gamblers I followed and myself as well is, you know, if we follow the line movement and I know you like to do this as well, Kanto, where you'll play a, play a game, a Sunday game on Tuesday afternoon because you're getting a little extra juice. So you're getting an extra half point. So following these lines from, especially in football, when the lines come out on Monday or Tuesday, following the lines over time, if you can get it from three to four and a half, that's where your value is going to be. It kind of takes out uh, our peanut brains from the equation and allows the numbers to, to speak for themselves. So long story short, leave your, peanut brain out of the equation (laughs) fade the public take the extra value regardless of how your heart or what Kanto the greek tells you how to play Uh, uh, yeah i can i say one thing here real quick i do i do i do think when the line opens up it's probably the the most purest line you'll see so and i don't know you 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 know if you if, if i'll use a football for instance like if the line opens up at two and a half and it goes to four and a half. Like, I'm I'm thinking the game's gonna finish around two and a half or three, because that's what Vegas thought initially before the money came into play. And I think well, that- Vegas is not necessarily making a line that they think is gonna be indicative of the final outcome. Sure. they're just trying to capitalize on what the public public's gonna put money in. It. I understand that, but I'm just saying, and I have I have I have found it to be that you know Vegas is often and we can talk about this. I think it's a good topic for next show is, uh, you know, like halftime lines. Like, cause if you, if you look at that, if you look at the midway point and you say, can Vegas really get it that wrong all the way towards the end? Like there should be some swing there, but um, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I like to follow the lines. I like, I like lines that move. And if they move a lot, I like to bet it back to the original number. That's the way I like to do it, but everybody has their own thing. I like to fade the faders. Fade the faders. <laughs> I love it. Hey, but we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, we'll get in. We'll get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty of the lines. We've got a guy coming on next week to tell us a little bit about the American League Central pennant race in baseball. Oh, I love it. So until next week, so long, friends. See you later. <laughs>